What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Lockdown Bucks, and we have to unlock the J Crowder conversation once again. The reports are that the Bucks are once again interested in Jay Crowder and a potential trade. So we're going to break that down. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the role players, the reserve players for the Bucks. It's a different rotation at the moment, but who's looked good to start the season? And then uh, Justin has some answers about our broadcast discussion from yesterday. So we're going to get into that as well and probably some other stuff. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. See and hear me on this show Monday to Friday, and also find my other stuff over at ESPN. And from the Bucks Radio Network, which we will get to, has found a new home inside Fiserv Forum. It's Justin Garcia, who has one home game under his belt. The Bucks are undefeated at home. Uh, make sure you listen to the Bucks Radio broadcast to listen to Justin throughout the season. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day as well. Of uh, bring, bringing it up more and more. But if you're not subscribed, whether it's the audio platform or the YouTube especially, uh, jump on board. I think we're up to about 4.3K subscriptions on YouTube. Uh, we want to get to five and beyond. It's a battle in the Lockdown Network. And uh, currently, there's some other teams that are that are well ahead of us. We don't care about small markets here, but we want to beat them all. So help us out. Subscribe. Comment on the YouTube videos. We really appreciate that. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Justin, you've got a game under your belt in the regular season. Well, two games, but one game in arena at Pfizer Forum. Uh, does a broadcaster have to shake off any rust? We're going to get into Jay Crowder, but does a broadcaster have to shake any rust? Did you feel comfortable in that environment? Uh, well, it was actually a new experience for me because um, we – Still don't have in uh, a permanent analyst as of yet. So mm -hmm. the game was uh, me making my analyst debut and nah. uh, me and Dave Kane. So there was a uh, there was a lot of rust in that regard and trying to uh, slide from one chair to the next. So that was quite an experience. Oh, that's awesome. We'll get into that a little bit later because that's uh, that's really fun. And I've said this before, but if I'm cruising around at home here and I. Uh, something else is on or uh, I can't watch the games. I chuck on uh, the local broadcast there on League Pass and it's uh, pretty handy. And it's nice to hear Dave and yourself and eventually whoever it is, maybe you'll just take the full-time role. But uh, listen to the audio uh, broadcast if you can. Uh, it's uh, pretty damn good. All right, let's talk about Jay Crowder right off the top because this is the news of the day. Uh, we have spoken about Jay Crowder previously, currently not with the Phoenix Suns. He wants to be somewhere else. He wants to be on a contender. I think the Bucks fit the bill of a contender. There's no doubt about that. And like most teams across the NBA, you know, Jay Crowder is the type of player that a playoff team would love to add to their rotation. It's not going to be the easiest of things for the Bucks to manage and to maneuver and put all the pieces together to make this happen. 
uh, over the last few weeks, and we've seen a little bit of the Bucks play, and we have a little bit of a better understanding of the different guys that they have on the roster. Uh, where do you sit just straight up on a potential idea of a Jay Crowder trade right now? Um, I would lean towards... So I recognize the value that he would bring in that, you know, for two years now we've talked about finding uh, a stretch four, and it's not a knock on Bobby, but a stretch four that has a little more defensively that would allow you to, to play Giannis at the five in crunch time. Um, that being said, I think what it would cost you to get Jay Crowder, we've all kind of done the math and looked at the cap sheet and said, well, there's really no way to get him without Grayson Allen being in the deal is what makes me most hesitant. Um, you're already the oldest team in the league. You would be acquiring a 32, I think going on 33 year old Jay Crowder and you'd be giving up a young look. I know and we've talked about this before for all the struggles he had in the postseason. one, it looks differently if Chris Middleton is there and the team is at full strength, but two, he's still a nice player. That's much younger than Jay Crowder that, I mean, the Bucks would be in a in a rare spot for them recently where you almost think you'd have to get something back in terms of an asset draft-wise from the Suns in addition to Jay Crowder if you're giving up Grayson Allen and something else to make this deal work. So I am still somebody that's holding on to my Grayson Allen stock, and for that reason, it's not a hard no, but I would lean towards, well, let's just see what else is out there for now. So $10.2 million is the cap number uh, for Jay Crowder. And if you really want to just get a simple way to break all this down, I always do this. I look after our friend Eric Name, but go to The Athletic. He wrote a story today uh, that has all the available assets for the Bucks, all the available draft picks for the Bucks, and all the financial stuff. So if you want the numbers written down in front of you, go to The Athletic and check that, this out. But $10.2 million is the number. Um, so just straight up, if you want to get to that, figure or you want to piece together some salaries that make that work. Uh, Brooke Lopez is the first guy that comes to mind. Scratch it. It's not going to happen. That's ridiculous, absurd, whatever word you want to use. So then as you pointed to, you just continually keep coming back to Grayson Allen and then you probably add in George Hill, um, which everyone's heard my thoughts. The, the George Hill hate is absurd. It's gone too far. I find it ridiculous. But that's the the favorable package or the most logical package for the Bucs. The other guy is Jordan Wara. He's just signed a deal. I believe it's three months from when he signed the deal. So you'd actually yeah. be looking at around January-ish, middle of January, probably yeah. when Jordan Wara is available to, to trade, which is a little way off here. Now, I don't understand, I, I don't know what the urgency is for a trade from the Phoenix Suns or yeah, maybe Jay Crowder's cool waiting until after Christmas and maybe that becomes uh, something that is valuable for this team. But I just can't see, like if you're trading, so let's just say it was a straight up two for one. So before you get to that point, I do think cap-wise they would be able to do just straight up Grayson Allen's contract for Jay Crowder because you you're able to take back 120% of the outgoing salary. And I think that would put you at about 10.2, which would be enough to do it straight up. Which would work out to be again. We always just say this for what it is. So two million dollars, whatever it would be, an additional yeah, whatever that works out to be in the luxury tax. A lot of money, anyway, for potentially a guy that you have to sit back and say, do the Bucks actually really need? They're unsure about what Joe Ingles could bring, um, but you know, Chris Milton will be there, Pat Connaughton will be there, as you said, 
you have Bobby Portis that plays a four and five. Giannis spends basically all these minutes at the four, which is where Jay Crowder has lived the last few years with the Phoenix Suns anyway. So it's a weird fit. And I just don't think that you have the guards then on your roster, and and in particular the shooting. We've seen that this team has really, really struggled shooting the ball in the postseason. Now, I understand Grayson Allen didn't light it on fire in the series against the Boston Celtics, but I don't think you're helping yourself by trading out, in theory or historically, one of the better shooters on your roster as well. So I understand the idea of Jay Crowder. I just am not sure that it works with the way this roster is constructed, particularly if you do think that Joe Ingles is someone who's going to play. Yeah. Um, the whole, the backcourt thing is what, what would give me a lot of pause just because, you know, you've seen how thin it is now with Chris Middleton going down and it just shows you you're one more injury away from what does it look like if you've traded? I mean, look back at last year when, we left the Celtics series saying, yeah, it hurt not having Chris Middleton and that series probably goes differently if he's healthy, but you know, who probably could have seen the floor in this series was our old pal Dante DiVincenzo probably looked pretty good yeah, here. Yeah. So you just hate to potentially put yourself in that spot again, where an injury occurs or something else happens where you, you you're just really depleting your wing depth, especially in the backcourt. If Grace and Allen is involved in a deal and, you know, the other thing is what you just mentioned. Giannis is your four, and Brooke Lopez is not going to be in that trade. If this was Danny Ainge, maybe Bobby Portis is traded after you know doing Milwaukee a solid, playing for under market value, and then signing an extension. But that's not how John Horst operates. So uh, theoretically, Jake Crowder wouldn't start on this team. So that's the other thing of he wants out of Phoenix for who knows yet, but um, he's not going to start on this team. So at least immediately, you know, maybe the postseason things look differently and obviously it doesn't matter who starts it's, it's who closes, but how is that going to sit with him as well? Unless the bucks take a Miami heat approach and say, yeah, we'll, we'll acquire you stay away, get in shape. And then second half of the season, we'll hit the ground running. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to touch on there. I'm glad you brought up Dante DiVincenzo. So I do want to speak about him. Uh, And he was a guy that was looking for a new role. And if you are somewhere out there, someone out there that is looking to hire people for a new role, uh, then our friends at LinkedIn are exactly where you need to go. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for a, for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have that. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, so all you have to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. We've all seen that before if you've been on LinkedIn to spread the word that you're hiring. There's simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply there. Uh, I also want to talk about game to game. So after you're done making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, uh, every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis 
that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I've been listening to Game to Game. I've also been following every game uh, across the league. And, you know, it feels like the Bucks are never going to play again, Justin, the, the, with this three days off to start the regular season. But Denver currently beating Portland. I could be about to jinx it. But if the Denver Nuggets beat Portland, the Bucks are the last remaining undefeated team in the NBA. Mostly because they just haven't played. But we will absolutely take it. The Celtics lost to the Bulls tonight, which means that the Bucks are at least the last undefeated team in the Eastern Conference. So who would have thought? And they got the Brooklyn Nets in a couple of days' time who lost to Memphis. Uh, obviously, you'll be able to hear about the Brooklyn Nets and the Bucks tomorrow on this podcast. So Dante DiVincenzo is an interesting one to speak about. You mentioned him prior to uh, the break there, and you'd love him on the roster right now. You'd love to have Dante for that guard depth guy that can handle the ball a little bit. Because my my big concern, just as it's currently constructed, is if you traded Grayson Allen, we're not saying that he's Kyrie Irving, but he's a, he is someone that can dribble the ball. And if you wanted to go to some of those bigger lineups, and we've seen it before in the past, if you have Drew and uh, Chris and Giannis, you feel like you have enough ball handling. But those other guys, Jay Crowder, you don't really want him dribbling the ball. You don't want Pat Connaughton, for the most part, can put it down a little bit, but he's not really running the offense. And that's why I think there's upside to Joe Ingles of potentially being in this team as someone that can run pick and roll and can create different opportunities is a really good facilitator. And so I think the balance of the roster feels better with Grayson Allen there as an option. Doesn't necessarily have to be out there in a closing lineup. And maybe in a perfect world, he's not. But having him as an option, I think is, is more important to this team right now. And if you did trade Grayson Allen, then I think, it, just, let's just say it was a Grayson Allen-George Hill package, which makes it difficult potentially have a roster spot, but you would have to make another move and you'd have to be looking for a guard that is at least as valuable as Grayson Allen, who's a double-digit scorer uh, across the course of the season. And you hope he hasn't started shooting the ball well, but you hope that he's a 40% shooter. So maybe if the Bucks didn't invest their one real salary slot to add someone on Joe Ingles, this would make more sense. But given they've done that, I just don't know if I can be all in on a Jay Crowder trade, even though I understand why some people would. No, and um, let's say that's the construction of the deal. If I'm the Phoenix Suns, it's immediate yes that I accept that trade. When you look at their second mm. unit, like look what Grayson Allen could do to really help oh, juice. Two playable them. guys. The yeah. crowd is at home. Yeah, and like campaign had his breakout performance in the playoffs uh, really right up until the finals when the Bucks uh, beat the Suns, but he's – kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. Landry Shamit has never really been the guy that people envisioned him being. So Phoenix could use some some depth in the backcourt as well. So if I'm the Suns and I'm approached with that trade, especially with a guy that's making it clear, I don't want to be here anymore. Absolutely. I pull the trigger on that. I, I just have those questions that we've gone over on the Bucks end. And I'm sure people would say, well, yeah, but buyout market, you can find a guard there. Well, one we've seen fewer and fewer buyouts the last few years, especially with the play in tournament that fewer teams are really out of it. So there's that there has to be a guy that fits your system and fits what you want to do. That's made available on the buyout market. And and I know you got Javon Carter a year ago, but uh, that was kind of a, a, a weird chain of events that led to that. But, you know, also we opened this season with what six or so teams that realistically said, we should be considered favorites to win the championship or we have as good a chance as anyone to win the championship. 
that plays into the buyout thing as well, where it's not just like two to three teams you would look at and say, okay, this is the clear cut favorite I want to go to. It's a wide open field and that's going to make it more difficult to get guys that are bought out as well. So uh, to me, there's all those reasons. And then also, you know, I mentioned the age. It's not like Jay Crowder is 32, especially with what we're seeing now, the league that's, that's not old per se, but there's a Bucks team. That's already the oldest team in the league that, it, for the same reasons we talked about really developing Marjan Bochamp and, and really trying to squeeze everything you can out of Jordan Wara and, and see what can be developed there. Grayson Allen is a guy that's not in his thirties. That is very productive that, you know, the way this roster is trending, I also kind of have a hard time giving up on younger guys that you're getting something out of now. And I know the goal is to win a championship, but it's also more difficult to give up some of those young guys for a guy that's nearing the end. It is. And uh, let us know what you think. I know everyone, uh, our listeners will let us know uh, in the YouTube comments on particular, in particular, but also on Twitter, uh, if you want to get involved there as well, because there will be an idea that uh, how could you possibly watch the postseason last year and say that you wouldn't prefer to have Jay Crowder you know, over Grayson Allen? And I, I totally do understand that. But again, I think it's more about roster balance and needs for the Bucks and guys that I think that, can help them. And I do just think there's upside to your point, Justin. I think there's upside uh, with Grayson Allen. One final point on this one, a draft capital, obviously not at a premium for the Bucks. They've got a bunch of second round picks. Uh, they have the 2029 uh, first rounder that, you know, in theory, they could potentially trade uh, later in the season. And, and who knows if that becomes a, a possibility depending on where they are, the health of the roster, all those types of things. So we'll see. But the 2029 first rounder is out there, I would be staggered if that was involved in any sort of uh, simple Jake Crowder trade. Jake I don't, think, move. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think that would be the case. You cannot move that pick for a number of reasons, but especially for for Jake Crowder. Like if you're going to move the 2029 pick when all the big threes contracts, who knows with Chris, but all yeah. the big threes yeah. contracts are up, it can't be Jake Crowder. That's a, a part of that trade that's coming back. Uh, Eric Gordon is at least an interesting name, and uh, we looked up the contract before we jumped on the pod. I think it's it's around nineteen yeah. million. I think you said uh, Justin there. So, you know, trading for him would be really, really difficult. And I imagine that there's going to be teams that are interested in him, and they probably have more means to be able to create a trade package. But if he did somehow become a potential buyout guy later in the season, uh, to your point. That's where Milwaukee potentially becomes a, a really attractive destination for a guard that can shoot because you look at Milwaukee and say, okay, this team actually can really, really add me and I can play a prominent role uh, in a postseason team. And clearly that hasn't been the case for Eric Gordon over the last couple of seasons. Uh, let's talk about the bench players next or the rotation for the Bucks. So I'm being honest here. I'm stealing your content, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to be shy about it. You put up a poll, but I, I thought it was interesting on Twitter and it was basically asking who's been you know, the best reserve player over the opening week. And it's only been two games. And one of those games yeah. was Houston, which was not very competitive. So yeah, whatever. Read into it what you will. But if you are to answer your own question and, and the, the guys that you gave as a possibility in your poll, uh, Bobby Portis, Wesley Matthews, George Hill, Jordan Wara. Uh, where do you sit? So it's 
tough because um, George Hill, I think um, you and I are aligned where I've had about enough of the George Hill slander. And I think he's he's been very productive here to start the season. It's just weird so, to me. It's just very weird. Like, I don't – Yeah. Like, fair enough if you think that maybe he's past his best and you want Javon Carter to play more minutes. Well, fine. Javon Carter's starting – They've got a clear issue with bodies right now with people healthy, uh, unhealthy and injured and all these types of things. So what are you still complaining about? Like, it's it's just weird. And look, to be clear, he is past his best. But yes. how he looked last year, I mean, it, it at the time seemed like there's – is there something we don't know about here? And then as we learned in media day, there was. So uh, I'm not saying that George Hill is going to be the version he was in 2019, but I, I think he's going to be closer to that than he will be closer to what we saw a year ago. So just seeing him hitting shots and giving you productive minutes was good, and I included his name for that. I mean, Jordan Wara, we, we've we seen get usage here through the first two games, and, and when you look at the bench, that was really the thing is, you know, these are the, the four guys that have really given you any type of real minutes or production to open up the season. So to me, the big ones obviously are Bobby Portis and, and Wes. Bobby had a, a double-double against the Sixers and a near double-double against the Rockets. Wes with the game-winning shot against the Sixers, and you didn't really need him to play against the Rockets. Um, it's interesting that most of the, the poll responses have gone towards Wesley Matthews and I would probably lean towards that just for that shot against the Sixers oh. as well. I mean, Bobby Portis, you know, for the numbers that you look at, I think it's 12 points and nine rebounds or so that he's averaging and the double-double against Philly. He still hasn't really uh, – kind of similar to Giannis. You know, we didn't really see Bobby taking over or really going out there getting his shots and, and taking over offensively in either of those two games. So – I feel like we haven't really seen Bobby Portis quite yet. So for that reason and that shot against the Sixers, I would I would say Wesley Matthews. Yeah. If you're talking about the most influential moments in the game that was totally up for grabs, it was Wesley Matthews for not only the three, but the offensive rebound earlier, yeah. getting the ball to Grayson Allen, really just being involved in everything. I think he was the guy that, Tipped the ball to Grayson Allen for the final rebound as well. So, yeah, both of those guys were were everywhere uh, in that last two or three minutes against Philadelphia. So I certainly understand why Wesley Matthews gets the vote. But I do want to say, Bobby Portis, you mentioned what he's putting up, essentially a 12.10 rebound, double-double. And this is just what he does. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily – like, he will have the odd game where he scores 20-plus points and shoots the ball really well from three. But he's just a double-double guy. He's going to get you double-digit scoring every single night. And that's why uh, we always say it about Giannis. But I'm throwing it out there. Don't take Bobby Portis for granted no. at this point, what he's been able to become for this team. And that's why I remember when Portis signed the contract and the the 448 or you know roughly whatever it was, around the $12 million per year on average. I just think it's a bargain. I think it's a bargain for a guy that everyone loves in the locker room, for a guy that you know exactly what you're going to get every night, can play a little bit of the four, can play a bit of the five. If Brook Lopez is out for a night or you want to rest him on a back-to-back, Bobby Portis can just slip in and start and play well next to Giannis. So, yeah, I, 
I think, you know, just for the purpose of this discussion, yeah, Wesley Matthews had the big moments, but just in a more overall conversation, uh, Bobby Portis is, is still going to be a bargain contract for the next few years. Uh, he actually has got better every year as well, so who knows what he's able to do. But to put up yeah, double-digit scoring in that 20 minutes per game range, last year he was up to sort of 27, 28 because he started a lot more. Uh, but just his permanent production continues to be great, and uh, he's just so reliable. Well, and, uh, you know, to me, the the other big thing, so Bobby just barely missed the double-double against the Rockets. I think he had eight rebounds. But um, for a team that was down Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton, so uh, Pat Connaughton, a big piece of the bench that's gone. Chris Middleton gone means somebody moves into the starting lineup. So great. So Javon Carter slides in there for all of that. And how much of an issue the Bucks bench and specifically offensive production from the bench was a year ago. Yeah. You look at what they did the first two nights here, outscoring the Sixers 29 to 13 in bench points and 42 to 32 outscoring the Rockets. So uh, you don't expect that on a nightly basis, especially being down as they are now. But that was very surprising to see. Yeah. And that does come back to certainly at this point. And you think eventually, you know, Javon will go back to the bench. Uh, but, you know, I think most people like his ability to provide some shooting uh, and some scoring for the second unit. But that's why, I mean, Frank's been harping on it. Last year, George Hill just really didn't look like someone that wanted to shoot or score at all. And and maybe that was the health stuff. But even if you get, you know, six to eight points from him in this stretch where the Bucks are down a few guys, are down a few key guys, then it all really matters. So, so far, the contributions have been good. We'll see what they can do against Brooklyn in a couple of nights' time. All right, before we wrap this up, where is the radio team sitting and where is the TV team sitting? I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast. Uh, we broke down the Rockets game. If you missed it, go back and check it out. But I said, you know, Marcus mentioned it. The TV broadcast no longer courtside. Where are they? Yeah, now they get to experience our life. Uh, so the TV <laughs> broadcast kicked us out of our home. So they have taken oh. over the radio booth. Uh, which, so you're in a rivalry with Marcus? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, he's going to win that every single time, and Lisa. <laughs> so um, they are in our old spot. So it's right outside of Section 107 in that like actual booth that's been constructed. Mm-hmm. They uh, they we found out about this change. Uh, so the opener was what October 1st, the preseason opener. I think it was September 29th that we were told. Hey, by the way, you're moving. That it, it it goes through many levels. They sold those courtside seats where um, TV used to be for home and visiting, and it has to get approved by the NBA. It wasn't approved until just before the season started. So then we found out we're moving, and uh, TV is taking our old home. So we're actually on the opposite side of where we used to be, outside of 117. So uh, radio and TV are now looking across at each other at the same level well they're probably i don't know i'm just guessing but they're probably fifteen hundred dollar seats i wouldn't even venture a guess but they are going to be making quite a bit of money off of those seats and it's really nice too if you buy the seats i know marcus was talking about it they they kept those tables there so you have access to a table if you're seated uh, seated in those spots maybe maybe those seats are going directly to the luxury tax <laughs> So keep Milwaukee competitive. Uh, anyway, that's interesting. It's definitely noteworthy when you hear it on the broadcast. That's worth uh, worth asking the questions. So that's, uh, uh, the other that's thing I would, 
I would point out too, I get, uh, and every, every TV person will tell you, I'd rather be on the floor than, you know, elevated. I, yeah. maybe it's just because I've always been at that level. Even when we were at the Bradley center, I much prefer being elevated because you can mm. actually see everything and your view isn't blocked. You like, if something's happening on the other end, you can't tell what's happening and you're going to have to rely on the monitors. You're not blocked by a coach walking past you. So I prefer to be elevated. Um, you also can't really hear much. I know Frank brought that up, but when you think about the headsets that you're wearing, and especially now those headsets are noise canceling and you have the crowd noise and everything else, and maybe your director piped into you, you can't really hear what's going on at the bench or what any coaches are saying. So it's, it's more, it's more just the visuals of being close to them than anything. No, I've always marveled. Obviously, Jim and now uh, Lisa, they obviously do a crazy job given where they're sitting and there's lots of bodies in front of them and these are gigantic humans that are sometimes uh, standing in front of them there. So they do a fantastic job. i tell you who else does a fantastic job and that's Peter Bukowski uh, on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. So after you're done with Locked On Bucks, check out Locked On Sports Today. And it's not just basketball. They'll take you around the biggest stories of the day, plus this is instant reactions, big game recaps, and a take of the day as well. So you uh, can get that. You can get Locked On Sports Today on a, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. I um, was really struggling to speak there, but uh, it's a good podcast, so you should check it out. But that tells me that we're at the end of this one. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about... Uh, Bucks and Nets. We've still got another day off. This is unbelievable. When you do a daily podcast, Justin, as you know, we've discussed this a lot, but you get to the regular season and you're just thrilled because you've pumped out, I don't know, maybe 80 podcasts over the off season. And sometimes you're just absolutely scratching for things to talk about, but we come up with stuff. We, we try and get creative. You get to the regular season and you're like, here we go. Game every second day. This is going to be beautiful. You don't have to think about it. We're just recapping the game. Three days off unbelievable it's the first week it's right away too to get that of like all right now we got every other day and then boom whoa what is this you know what what is this extended time off well the bucks are still undefeated that's the main thing so we'll be back tomorrow for myself kane Pittman, justin garcia speak to you guys then